many times have you celebrated your 39th birthday? When age 50 creeps up on us, we deny it, hide it, and do everything we can to ignore each birthday that comes after. But why? Let's celebrate our voices of experience. Whether you're passing 50, passing 60, or approaching another decade, we've got great discussions and guests to help you embrace every year you've got under your belt. If you're passing 50 or more, pull up a chair. We've got something just for you. Now here's your host, Robin Boyd. times have you celebrated your 39th birthday? When age 50 creeps up on us, we deny it, hide it, and do everything we can to ignore each birthday that comes after. But why? Let's celebrate our voices of experience. Whether you're passing 50, passing 60, or approaching another decade, we've got great discussions and guests to help you embrace every year you've got under your belt. If you're passing 50 or more, pull up a chair. We've got something just for you. Now, here's your host, Robin Boyd. Hello, everyone. This is Robin Boyd with you today on Passing 50. It's a glorious day because you know what? Uh, the, the air is fresh. Uh, lots of new ideas are, are coming into the air. And uh, I love embracing every new thing that comes down the road. You know, there are many times in our lives we... Um, have to sort of look forward and it's very difficult because the older we get, I think we tend to look backwards and we say, oh, remember when or gee, I wish it was like it was back in, in whatever decade we were kind of yearning for. There are so many changes that come about. Um, and I think this is one of the things that, uh, we here on this show are really looking forward to helping move forward, to be a little progressive, to be uh, to be getting into that uh, forward motion as opposed to stagnant or regressing into things. There's nothing that we can do about change. It's going to happen whether we like it or not. Um, I, I have a wonderful gal with me today. Her name is Susan Miller, and I'm going to just read a little something to you before we say hello to her. She has a, a wonderful blog. And I want to share this. Um, she writes about uh, riding with her family and um, pulling over to a gas station. Um, Mama rolled down the window and said, excuse me, sir, could you tell me how much farther it is? He got up from the chair and walked over to the car, scratched his head as he replied, well, ma'am, it all depends on where you're coming from and where you're going to. Mama realized how funny her question was, and we all laughed together. Then we gave him the information, and he told us exactly how far we had to go. Sometimes, Susan states, when she finds herself moving in the wrong direction, the old gentleman's words come back to mind. She asks, 
where am I coming from and where am I going to? It always keeps me focused on making sure I'm moving in the right direction, especially since it's so easy to quickly get off track with wrong priorities or sidelined with distractions. Oliver Wendell Holmes said, I find the great thing in this world is not so much where we stand as in what direction we are moving. So I ask you, my friend, do you know where you're going to and are you you moving in the right direction. Susan Miller, thank you for being with us today. What a wonderful thought to start our great discussion. Well, Robin, you could not have picked a better story from my book. And, you know, that's just, it really does target what we're going to be talking about today. And I'm delighted to be uh, with you and share some insight and thoughts and tips on moving in the right direction over 50. Isn't it true? Because I think so many times, uh, you know, you say, oh, gee, I remember when patterns were $1.79 and we could make a dress for two forty-five. And there are so many times that we'll say, oh, remember when? And it's lovely to remember uh, when, but I think we do get caught up in that sometimes. And we don't give ourselves time or uh, permission to change and to evolve and to blossom because with that evolution comes blossoming and so many new things. Now, I'd love for people to get to know you a little bit and and know your background. You are an author. You are a teacher. You are um, a wonderful inspiration to so many. Um, and part of uh, my getting to know you has been through our military show because you um, have written a book about more. <laughs> Moving, and you have moved yourself so many times. I think it's at least 14. And your book, After the Boxes Are Unpacked, Moving On After Moving In, is something that I think transcends into age as well. How did you happen to be moving 14 times in your in your married life? Well, Robin, uh, my husband was in the military as well as my father was. And then when he got out of the military, he went into the hospitality industry, hotel and restaurant restaurant industry and on the corporate level you move every two to three years so there goes 14 moves you know just every two to three years in in climbing the corporate ladder in the hotel business so I knew if I had feelings and emotions and resentments and issues with moving that there were a lot of other women that did also so from all of that came um, my book, After the Boxes Are Unpacked, and also full-time ministry called Just Moved, um, justmoved.org, which is an inspiration online for women of all ages. You're right. Moving affects everyone of all ages and stages in life, so it's a source of encouragement to them. Whether we're moving physically or moving emotionally, move is a part of our life. There are sometimes people aren't easily rooted. They're very uh, ambitious to move on to something else and able to move into a new home or a new job or a new journey in life. Maybe after um, losing a spouse, divorcing a spouse, or maybe meeting a new person and that becomes a new journey. 
what is it about uh, moving sometimes that is so difficult for us to to wrap our, our emotions around? Well, you know, Robin, moving is change, and change is loss. So moving uh, is part of that change and the emotions that are tied with that because it is a loss. And whether you are single, divorced, widowed, retiring, um, military, regardless of your uh, circumstances, if you are uprooted by any major life change, such as moving, it does conjure up a lot of emotions and feelings because you are leaving behind everything that is familiar to face the unfamiliar. Your whole life is in brown boxes. You feel like you don't belong where you have come from and you haven't put down roots to belong yet in a new place. And so you feel like your life is in limbo. You've lost a sense of identity, a sense of who you are, and a sense of community. So there's a lot of feelings and emotions that are wrapped uh, around all of that. And women have to unpack those things. They have to, you know, recognize that enable, and to enable themselves to begin the process of letting go and starting over and moving forward with their life. I think the key word there is enable. We have to be the one to turn that switch. Um, the things that we've experienced should be what makes us stronger and therefore enabling us to take on new challenges. But it's not always easy, is it? No, it's not easy because a change of location is a change of lifestyle. And, you know, for for many people, leaving behind relationships is probably the hardest thing they have to do. Um, and then, of course, when they begin to start over, it's, putting down those roots and rebuilding your life again, um, for many reinventing yourself again. Um, but yes, uh, we either become bitter or we become better with change. Mm. And so, yes, um, you know, one would hope you would be stronger from the circumstances and the struggles that we face in life change being one of them, moving being one of them, and that we will learn a lot about ourselves and also um, become stronger through it. So I always say to, to young movers in my life, okay, girl, you're going to become bitter or better. You've got to put your big girl pants on and you've got to, you know, put on those stilettos, stand up straight and move forward. <laughs> I really like that, bitter or better. And, yeah. I mean, not that, not that a little um, – a little, uh, having experienced a little bitterness doesn't give us a, oh, that little bite that we might need to yeah. face something tough in the future. Yeah. But therefore, the better has to come after it. We just can't let the bitter right. drown, drown right. us. And it's true. I think we do get drowned in those, um, in those emotions. We have a break coming up, Susan. So after the break, I do want to talk about that starting over because so many times I think um, 
It could just be uh, leaving a career that we've had for 15 or 20 years and now uh, moving on to maybe a small part-time job. It could be so many different um, ways to interpret that starting over. So uh, let's, let's work on that. When we get back today, we're talking with Susan Miller. She's an author, a speaker, a teacher, and certainly an amazing inspiration. And if you would like more about Susan, you're going to want to visit movingforward.org. Um, no. She also has, oh, I'm sorry, just, just moved.org. Just moved. I'm so sorry. I'm because sorry I'm to interrupt you, but I didn't want <laughs> someone to did. go to the wrong place. <laughs> Susan Miller will be back in a moment. Right where you are. <laughs> Passing 50 will be right back after these messages. Does music give us chills? Goosebumps, or the medical term peripolation, occurs while listening to music. That's because music stimulates a reward pathway in the brain, encouraging dopamine to flood the striatum, a part of the forebrain activated by addiction, reward, and motivation. Melomaniacs or passionate music lovers can get the chills from songs they are familiar with as they anticipate that long-awaited chord at the climax of the piece. Music, it seems, affects our brains the same way that chocolate gambling and potato chips do. I think I may need to stick to chocolate and potato chips because I tried piano lessons and I felt like a goose noodle. What's a word for a person who dislikes practicing the piano? A mesodactocletist. I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. This is the Tokinet Radio Network. Radio with a cutting edge. A couple of minutes older, a couple of minutes wiser. We're back to a great discussion on Passing 50. Hi, everyone. We're so glad you're with us today on Passing 50. This is Robin Boyd with you, and I have Susan Miller with you. And I made the big mistake on the way out to the commercial of, of saying the wrong website, justmoved.org. Um, can we also find you at susanmiller.org as well? That yes, you can. That you Go certainly ahead. can. Susan Miller, um, at yes, at justmove.org or justmove.org. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, when we're talking about change, uh, there are so many ways of changing, and I think some of the things that we've been talking about uh, with with other people on our show here has been. So many times we have been, um, we've had so many hats that it's very difficult to find our own identity. We've been mom, we've been uh, the person, the, the career that we live, we've been someone's spouse, we've been uh, maybe the, the soccer coach or the, or the Girl Scout leader. And then all of a sudden, we start to get into an age where our roles are changing. And I think it's... We certainly take on different roles, many of us, including myself. I took care of my mom for about 20 years, and I was definitely a part of that sandwich generation. I had both generations uh, on my shoulders, if you will. When all of a sudden we're faced with the change that we aren't those identities anymore, we have to look in the mirror and say, I am just Robin. And I don't want to be just Robin. I want to be Robin. And I want to know that I glow for, for the person that I am. 
how do we begin to start over, if you will, and, and begin to find the new person that all of that experience has allowed us to blossom into? Well, you know, I call that, um, I, I deal with that in a chapter in my book called Nobody Knows My Name, <laughs> where, where in Alice in Wonderland, uh, in the book Alice in Wonderland, where she says, uh, when the caterpillar says, who are you? She says, well, I hardly know. I think I knew who I was when I got up this morning, but I must have changed several times since then. <laughs> and, you know, we go through life in different stages as we get older, and we do ask ourselves that question. Um, I think I knew who I was. It seems like just yesterday, you know, I was a young mom or a young bride or a young woman or, you know, and now I wake up and look in the mirror and I see gray hair and I see, you know, life is changing right before me. And so it's not only the moving part that's a change, but it's dealing with the change within ourselves as we get older. And, you know, we we have to truly many times reinvent ourselves um, because our life takes different turns. I mean, we perhaps, you know, we've lost a spouse or perhaps there's been divorce or perhaps with aging or with health issues or, you know, you're not as capable to do the things you used to do. So, you know, it's hard with those kinds of changes in addition to if you're downsizing or retiring, that's another change. So, you know, it, it we do have to reevaluate who we are and um you know, what we want to do with this season of our life and how we want to hang on to to our identity, what we can hold on to and what we have to let go of. Um, there are things that, you know, all of us in our seasons of life can't do that we used to do. And then there are new things that we can embrace. So it's just finding that happy um, medium, that balance in life of who you were, what you could do, who you are, and what you're becoming. How does that come to fruition? It sounds very logical, but mm-hmm. if I am someone who just just retired or somebody who maybe I needed to uh, find a different job, the job downsized, or I need to cut back hours for whatever reason, um, is there... Is there some steps or some some ways that we can sort of step back and sort of give ourselves a little checklist of, okay, I I can let this go. Even some tactics. I know some people have put pieces of paper up on the board and have been able to rip those pages as in sort of a a literal letting go or being able to close that chapter, if you will. I, I, I guess everybody's different, but no. But that is very that's very valid, and and a lot of that is, for example, um, if you have been a career woman always, you are retiring. Uh, it doesn't mean your life is over. Perhaps you would one of the things you would want to do is get a part-time job. Um, volunteering is huge. You want to do things that will continue the who that you are, 
but perhaps you've had to let go of that in a certain way. For example, if you retire, you're not going to be a full-time um, career woman. Perhaps you want to volunteer in your area of expertise or you want to do something part-time because we have – we. You know, we have that sense of community that we want to belong to something or someone. And so, you know, I encourage women to get out, to become active. Um, don't think life is over just because you're older. Hmm. Because it's not. Um, life is new at every turn. There are new adventures. There are new things to do. And, of course, it's up to you to determine if you're going to open that front door and walk out of it. Um, nobody's going to turn that knob for you. So you've got to be um, – you've got to make the decision, hey – uh, this is a, a new season of life for me. I've had to let go of a lot of things, but it doesn't mean I can't turn and embrace what is next. But it's going to take that attitude. It's going to take that um, that desire to continue being the best you can be and giving this new season of life um, a, a whole new start, a whole new beginning. And a lot of women are excited about new uh, seasons in their life when they get older or retire or uh, downsize because it's a new opportunity to embrace what's next. I would definitely take the step. I would write on a post note, Susan, get involved. I would mm -hmm. say do something. I would say meet your neighbors, you know. Um, yeah. Just get out there, join a church, join a, a, a group, uh, a volunteer area of life that you have an interest. Take a class at a junior college yes. or online. Those are fun things to do. I think one of the things that was important to me when I was, uh, when my mom was getting more dependent and needed more help, I wasn't able to work outside the house, but I found, um, my enrichment in learning new, uh, I was able to expand on the commercial art that I had once wanted and then turned it into more graphic design as, uh, as the Obviously, technology had changed since I've been in college. And I think giving yourself a new knowledge is giving yourself new purpose because every Absolutely. time we get up in the morning, we need purpose. We need a purpose Absolutely. to get up out of that bed. Absolutely. We need purpose and meaning in our life. We need to know that we are serving a purpose and that there is meaning to to our life, whatever we're going through. And you're exactly right to to recreate um you know, your interest and, and like you just did. You turned it, you know, to another angle. You you turn the corner with with expanding it in a different direction. And um, and sometimes we have to do those things. And sometimes it's a slow start. Sometimes it doesn't just happen overnight. Um, sometimes we just have to rest in the fact that, hey, say, you know, to say to yourself, hey, I am, you know, I am worthy. I have a lot to offer. You know, what is that going to be? What, how am I going to challenge myself um, to, to continue moving forward? 
When you were going through so many of your moves, did you find that you liked to journal or write then? And did those journals then in turn become a book or had so many people asked you questions about moving that you decided it was time to write a book? You know, I'm, I have to fess up, Robin. I am not, a, <laughs> I don't journal. Um, I do write a blog on my website. Of course, I write um, books. I teach and all of that, but I am not one to journal. I uh, recognized my my um, organization is it's a faith-based ministry, so everything is faith-based that I write and that I speak on, and I recognized that um, there was a great need in a woman uh, after she went through the change of moving to be able to put the pieces of her life back together, and I realized through my own experience that first thing you have to do is let go and trust, you know, you trust God that he is going to, um, you know, to help you, move you forward. You rely on that. You have to let go. You have to work through emotions. You have to understand um, what the difference between cherish and cling. Are you clinging to the past or do you um, cherish it? You know, that it's a mindset of emotional journey in letting go. And then um, I realized that I had to not only let go, but I had to start over. I mean, I I was getting stuck in 14 moves. I didn't want to let go. I didn't want to start over. I didn't want to move forward. I just wanted to go back. And so that was not healthy for myself, my marriage, my family. So I realized I had to start over, and I had to start over with hope, with hope that, hey, this is this is going to work out. I may not get it right now, but it will work out. And then I realized that I had to take the step of moving forward and um, just completely um, with faith. And so I think the very thing I went through is what became the the outline for the book, to let go, to start over, to move forward. And so from that experience, then I began to um, – you know, to really get into the meat of what it looks like for those three steps that you have to take through mm-hmm. any life change. It's true. Letting go, starting over, and moving forward. Mm-hmm. So we do have a break coming up, uh, Susan. And after the break, um, I do want to talk about that moving forward. And I think we, we've kind of breezed through it, but we do want to talk about embracing the future. Um, I think there's so many ways to be positive, but there's also um, – Sometimes we get a little bit lost. The, the, the younger generation moves at a completely different pace and dynamic than than we ever have before. And, and staying up with, we don't necessarily have to stay up with, with the youngins, if you will, but we do have to uh, create our own momentum. And I think that sometimes that's a, that's a tough balance. Um, we're here today with Susan Miller. She is uh, a teacher, author, and an extreme inspiration to me and I hope to all of you as well. We'll be back with Susan Miller in just a moment on Passing 50. Stay right where you are. Passing 50 will be right back after these messages. 
Last night, my husband was laughing as he was reading about the differences between men and women. According to the article, men get single tusks or hiccups more often than women. Everyone knows that women are better at multitasking than men. I'm good at both multitasking and procrastinating, which means right now there are 28 things that I'm putting off until later. What's another word for a person who puts everything off until the last minute? A cunctator. Women blink nearly twice as much as men. And while men can read smaller print than women, women can hear better. In fact, when a woman says, what? She heard you. She's just giving you a chance to change what you said. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Did you get up and stretch during the break? Great. Now you're ready for the next part of our discussion on Passing 50. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Passing 50. This is Robin Boyd with you today. Uh, if you want more information about Passing 50 right now, the best place is our, our info page. It is on BeckMultimedia.com. Um, we are a production of BeckMultimedia.com, so we appreciate you visiting us there. And we do have a website that's in process. It's not quite up yet, um, but we will be having um, more information on Passing50.com. Our past shows, you can always find at Toganet.com. You can always uh, find us on iTunes as well. Our podcasts are downloadable there. So we hope you find uh, some of our past shows, and especially we hope that you will uh, tune into this show again and uh, revisit with Susan Miller, our guest today, uh, teacher, author, uh, a true inspiration. Uh, if you want more information from Susan, you're going to want to go to justmoved.org as well as susanmiller.org, a lovely lady but a wonderful inspiration. Susan, one of the things that I think are um, so exciting, perhaps, if you will, is is that embracing our new future. Uh, maybe we do have a little more freedom now. Maybe we do um, have Thursdays off and, or Friday afternoons off, and we have that little bit of time. And I, I think sometimes we almost have to give ourselves permission. Um, so many times we're rooted by some of the tasks that we've had in our past that we often aren't willing to give ourselves permission to do something for ourselves. That's important, isn't it? Well, it really is. And, um, you know, I think that once we've gone through a move for any reason or gone through any life change, we kind of have to look at ourselves and, and say, okay, I need to come full circle now. Um, I've had my pity party. I've, you know, stayed inside long enough. I need to refocus, redirect, and refill my life. And I think those are three areas that are choices that we make. You know, everything in life is a choice. We can choose to stay in bed all day and pull the covers up over our heads, or we can say, enough of this. I need to refocus my life. I need to redirect it. I need to refill it. And the first thing that, you know, I would would say to do is to make some goals, make some personal goals, you know, um, you know, just be a trailblazer and make some goals that if you write it down, you know, goals, they say if you write write it down, you'll accomplish 80%. 
um, if they're written down, and otherwise it's just a wish. So, you know, what do you, what, in other words, I would say to myself, okay, what do I want to do personally? Maybe I've put on some weight after a move. Maybe I want to lose five pounds. That's a personal goal. It's achievable. Maybe I don't do it all at once. Maybe I lose a pound a month. Who who knows? But that is an achievable goal. Maybe um, maybe a goal would be that I want to exercise or or personal things like that. And then maybe you'd want to write down a goal that you want to what you want to accomplish in the uh, in, as a volunteer, or that you want to take a class, or you want to learn about computers and you know, just any number of things that will uh, help you redirect and refocus and refill your life. I always say, hey, girl, you're back in the saddle again. You have got to get down to it, make some goals of the heart, and then make some practical goals, and that way you've got your little checklist. I think checklists are so important. And I also think sometimes our change has not been of our volition. Sometimes a change happens that we had no control over, especially if, say, we lost a spouse a little early or we lost that job before we were ready to retire. I think sometimes making a change or or doing something that we do have control over. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is doing that exercise program or joining a Zumba class. That's something we do have control over. Therefore, if we are strong to have accomplished that one thing that we did have control over, we then can face some of the things that we may not have had control over and be able to move on. Well, exactly, and that's where my faith comes in because that's where, see, I know my limitations and I know um, there, there are a lot of things in life I can't control. And, you know, I lost my husband uh, uh, some years or several years ago, and, you know, it, it turned my world upside down. And I was very um very surprised, I might say, Robin, to see that the very principles I wrote about and taught about now applied to me in a new season of my life that I had no control over. Mm-hmm. And so um, it, that those things are important. And my faith is what got me through the uncontrollable times in my life when the winds blow and you've been uprooted by change. Um, that's when my faith would really stand strong with hope and trust and, um, you know, relying on that, that faith. I think so many times we are fearful of what tomorrow will bring. So finding that one uh, element, whether it be our faith, whether it be um, able to confide in somebody, maybe it might mean sitting down with a counselor just to help uh, with some of the physical things. When it is loss of a spouse, I think getting things in order helps. I I know I was my mom's executrix and I had to um, take care of her estate. It was it was helping me get through her loss to be able to put everything in order. Yeah. And once I had everything in order, then I was strong enough to face yeah. the things that I had to face. 
then there were some things that I said, you know what? And my husband, God bless him, because I said, you know what? I'm not ready to go through this box yet. I'm not mm-hmm. ready to go through mm-hmm. that box yet. I have to leave them in the box. They're wrapped up. Maybe it was a trinket she got when she was traveling to Michigan. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that little ashtray that she picked up in Michigan, I wasn't ready to let go of yet. Yeah. And I had to be ready and I had to face it when I was strong enough to face it. So I think knowing what you can and can't handle is important. Absolutely. And you are right. It's more than okay to ask for help, whether it is whether you need uh, a grief counselor, whether you need a counselor that just helps you kind of set your your pace and work through some things, whether it's a financial planner, um, whether it's a pastor or, you know, I mean, any anyone, a, friend, a good friend that could help you organize and help you um, begin the process, is like you said, of things you don't want to let go, but you know you have to let go of, yeah. Yeah. Um, because all of that is... Um, when you don't want to let go of something, and I found this in my case, that's a way that I say no to change um, because holding on to things was a way that I was holding on to, to um, you know, the past. And it yeah. was a way that I was saying no, 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 yes. my heels are in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> It's very hard. Um, but there again, I think once you have other things in place and you have feel that you've got other things handled and you did it and you took care of it and it's well, then that gives you the strength to let go of some of those other things. Yes, or it really to, does. To and, and being organized is definitely, you know, and there's a lot of people that aren't organized. Oh, and sure. so, you know, it's they don't even they're overwhelmed overwhelmed with everything in their life, whether it's paperwork, whether it's going to the grocery store. I had a woman say to me, you know, I am so overwhelmed going to the grocery store and walking up and down the aisles and making a decision about which canned good to take off the shelf is overwhelming for me. And so, you know, we get that as women. We get that. Uh, One of the things that I always like to ask a woman when she is moving and when she does have to begin let go, to let go is what are you giving up but what will you gain and so oh. in other words you know for every for every time you give up something you're going to gain something you you may be letting go of something but you're you know, you're reaching forward for something because, you know, I always say breathe, take deep breaths, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important for your body and your emotions. Um, and for heaven's sakes, eat. You may not have an appetite. You may, if yeah. you're single, you know, or a widow, you may think food's the last thing I want to eat. But you have to eat. And you have to keep your life as normal as possible with simple daily routines and think about, okay, I've had to give up, but what am I going to gain? Um, and a lot of that is finding yourself in the midst of loss and change to take time for yourself, uh, to ask for help, to accept invitations. When people invite you somewhere, um, for heaven's sakes, go, because it's the relationships that will begin to um, be healing for you. Yes. Um, so, you know, 
I always like to say, too, do the next thing, whatever the next thing looks like, just do the next thing. And if you do one task a day, that is an accomplishment, um, especially for people that get overwhelmed easy. Don't look at the whole list, but take mm-hmm. one thing at a time, one day at a time. I was even trying to get my husband to do that, and he's was retired a little bit early, earlier than he had planned. And I said, don't put the whole to-do list on the refrigerator. There's right. a whole lot we need to do around the house. Mm-hmm. Put up one thing. Put up two mm-hmm. things, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, when it's facing you, <laughs> yeah. all you want to do is run because you yeah. know you can't do all of that in one day or one yeah. week. It can't be done. So Yeah, that is um, so true. That is so true. And and to recognize your limitations. And again, yeah. I have to be honest with you. I am a piler, not a filer in my <laughs> office. That's part of my being creative is I will pile, you know, filing is just too detailed for me. But I have learned, uh, instead of feeling guilty about that, I have learned to recognize that is an area that I am, uh, that is a deficit in my life, may I say. <laughs> So I I work, I focus work on filing, but I don't file, but maybe once a month instead of feeling like I have to do it, you know, every day or every week. I have released myself to the freedom of knowing I'm inadequate in that area. But Isn't that I it can true? work on it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've got another break coming up, but it's so true, Susan. I, I, I have found, finally said if there's some, a cu- couple of cups or a dish on the side of the sink, I'm not going to fret over that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> if, if there's a, lo- a basket of clean laundry on the couch and somebody walks in, I'm not going to fret over that anymore. I, I, you do have to sort of let go and say these, this is not the most important thing. Thing in the world. <laughs> Absolutely. Is, yeah, and I think we have to give ourselves that permission. It's so true. Um, getting prepared, I think, too, is, is something that maybe we can address a little bit on the other side of the break. Uh, I think sometimes preparing for our future is just as important, is important as learning what we've discovered in the past. So on the other side of the break, let's talk a little bit about that. Again, we're with Susan Miller today, uh, a delightful lady. I'm so inspired by you, Susan. And uh, I want all of you to be equally inspired by visiting justmoved.org or susanmiller.org. Either one, you will be so inspired as well. We'll be back in a moment. Stay right where you are. Passing 50 will be right back after these messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. To lose weight, we know that each day we need to burn more calories than we take in through eating, and exercise burns more calories. According to Discovery Health, a 150-pound person will burn about 60 calories while taking a one-hour nap. One hour of sitting and watching television burns about the same, but if that 150-pound person takes a one-hour brisk walk, then say goodbye to more than 250 calories. Cardio exercise like running, biking, swimming, and brisk walking are the best modes of exercise to burn the highest amount of calories and will get the endorphins flowing in your body. Those feel-good neurotransmitters boost your mood naturally. So use exercise to burn calories, lose weight, and to feel good. I'm Annette Hammond. 
to hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Do you ever wonder if you're the only woman who runs errands in her yoga pants so it will look like she went to the gym? Or how about the only mom who feeds her kids raw cookie dough? Or are you the only one who cooks her family cold cereal for dinner? Do you need more laughter and less loudness? More self-love and less self-loathing? More joy and less judgment? You're not alone. Come to the living room, a place where we get comfy, candid, and confident together. Come seeking sanctuary and leave feeling renewed. We're saving a seat for you. Give yourself some living room today. Want more information or hear other shows from Passing 50? Check out our info page on beckmultimedia.com or our website, passing50.com. Now, let's get back to our discussion on Passing 50. Hi, everyone. We're so glad you're with us today on Passing 50. This is Robin Boyd with you. And with me today is Susan Miller. Um, Susan, we're talking so much about change, and I think um, we understand something's going to change tomorrow, whether we like it or not. Part of our maybe difficulty of facing change is that we've never uh, planned or prepared ourselves mentally, physically, financially, emotionally, whatever, uh, for the fact that, you know what, something's going to change. And uh, I was saying to you during the break that I had a friend whose um, husband died relatively early. It was a, a very sudden death. And what was so difficult for her about moving on and moving forward was that she had never even balanced a checkbook. She did not know where the bank accounts were in the household. She had no uh, life skills in that regard to be able to be, be independent, therefore moving on. And I think many times we we go to a hospital and they'll ask, do you have a living will? Well, gee, no. Or do you... Um, do you have an executor of a will? Gee, no, I don't, because we don't want to face that. We don't mm-hmm. want to think about a will. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want to think about a DPOA. We, we're we here to last forever. And <laughs> yes. isn't, isn't it difficult? We do have to make those preparations, though, don't we? Yes, we do. And you know the sad thing, the realistic aspect of that is that most people don't think about those things until they happen instead of prepare ahead of time. And um, with a spouse that has, you know, like your friend, if her husband had always handled the finances and all of the, you know, all of that, she never felt a need to do that. And then death happens and all of a sudden that's in her lap. And I think that that is... um, that we see that with generations where, you know, the the woman was not a part of the financial picture as far as just being included in, in the know. And I think that we have to now be wiser and smarter in dealing with the future as women. And we have to, um, even if your husband handles all the finances and knows about stocks or 
what or who. You've got to be able to ask key questions and write things down. Keep a notebook on specific, um, you know, accounts or where what is or, you know, all kinds of questions that you need to know uh, about in illness or death, um, even down to medications that, you know, you take or that your husband takes. A lot of times in the confusion of trauma and crisis, we forget the basic things. Sure. And so you really, I would say, hey, if you're in your 40s and you're approaching your 50s or if you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, it doesn't matter. You need to find out about, you know, to get your your house in order, so to speak, to know as much as you can in case you lost your spouse suddenly. Exactly. And it doesn't hurt to ask, to have those conversations. I mean, you know, we're all born, we live, and we all die, and we want to be as prepared as we can for each stage of life. So, And it could even be uh, able to put a little money aside in a retirement fund, whether you have Mm -hmm. a 401k or an IRA or whatever. Maybe Mm -hmm. you have never been financially able to do that, and then suddenly you are finding you need an early retirement or you uh, are facing that age. You might say, oh, my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to live. I can't live on Social Security. Mm -hmm. Maybe having a little, uh, even if it's a small amount, Having a little bit of padding is helpful. Maybe it means while you are still in the career that you uh, have had most of your life, it might mean learning a little something else that you can do as an avocation and Mm -hmm. therefore – that avocation then becomes something very, very uh, lucrative for you when you do have more time to apply to it. Yeah, absolutely. And you need to educate yourself. You know, you need yeah. to understand what does retirement look like? How much do I need to save? How much, you know, it's okay for you to step up and ask these questions and understand the financial picture of your life. And like you said, maybe start saving. It's never too late, you know, to save. But do, um, and, you know, after Bill um, died, I had dear friends, couple friends, that the um, the husbands would sit down with me and and help me understand and go through things um, that because of shock and trauma you just forget and, you know, to prompt your memory. So definitely don't hesitate to ask questions. I always had a list of questions. And... Um, so and and be prepared. Educate yourself as much as you can. Save all you can as you get older. That's important to do and understand how you can best make your money last. And there's where you might need financial counseling uh, in that regard. Just balancing out your Medicare options is a difficult challenge. Uh, I I know I went through it with my mother, and now are facing it with my husband. is is not It's not easy to uh, plow through just understanding Medicare. Oh and, my gosh! Um, the right. Applications. So oh, you're totally it, right. It you have to 
be willing to get the help that you need. You go yes. to uh, an in- insurance um, broker who's going to help you go through those things. You uh-huh. need to go to uh, a financial consultant or just somebody at your bank certainly can give you some advice. Yes. It's so important. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And there are people out there who are um, qualified and willing to help. You know, there are people yes. that you can call on and it's not going to cost you anything for free advice or free counsel. Right. Um, right. And to take you know, not to be afraid. It doesn't mean you're inadequate. It doesn't mean you're stupid. It means that you've been through crisis and that you need help in sorting it all out. It could be that your specialty was a music instructor, and how would you know what an auditor or a CPA knows sure. if you've been uh, in a different field? There is absolutely nothing wrong with seeking yeah, the expertise exactly. of somebody else. Yeah. Exactly. Susan, I want to share with everybody your your books, uh, which are so reassuring to know that there is such sound and um, good advice for people. Your book, After the Boxes Are Unpacked, Moving On After Moving In, has uh, a lot of subsequent um, guides and so forth. You have a, a teacher guide. You have um, a video series, and you do some global outreach uh, as yes. well. Yes, indeed. Um, Our study, based on my book, is um, now in 21 countries and in two-thirds of the United States. It's non-denominational, and I did a video, a teaching series that allows uh, a small group or a large group to just facilitate, and then I do the teaching. And I do have a a leader's guide. I have a newcomer's guide and a facilitator's guide for that. And so, you know, it just, you know, we live in a mobile society, and there are over 35 million people that move. So the need is so great to help a woman at at a change point in her life. And so this book, which has sold over... 100,000 copies, has just recently, I spent the last year, updating it and expanding it. So it's all new to this generation, along with new videos, new study guides, and that way, I mean, it's used in the military, um, it's used with corporate expats, with missions, missionaries, and neighborhoods, churches, um, you know, it's just because everybody moves. So... Um, it certainly reaches a woman at her point of need. So thank you for asking about that. Well, absolutely, because with such a wealth of uh, resource that this is, I certainly want people to uh, take avail of it at any given point in their life because so uh, so many good resources are out there, but we don't know of them unless we open up the book and, and yeah. say, here we go, we're exactly. going to do it. That there's yeah. really help for movers. There's really something out there to to help and encourage movers. Yeah, yeah. Also, I, I do want to include your other book, but Mom, I Don't Want to Move. Many yes. of us in our 50s still do have kids. Um, and you did mention you do have an article coming up uh, for uh, stress on teenagers, which I want people to definitely watch for. Can, we can find your articles, though, on SusanMiller.org. Is that correct? Yes, you can. The, the article that I wrote, my publishers focus on the family, and I wrote an article 
for easing the moving stress on teens. And um, I don't know, it's going to be published in the next couple of months. So, yeah, just going on the website will always bring what the latest, um, in fact, I would love to have this show on our website where people can, you know, listen to it. And um, we do that as well as with articles I write or we're updating a a journal that I've written to help women for the year after um, they've moved to help them process. That's new and will be coming out. That will also be promoted on our website. And uh, so, yeah, our website definitely keeps everyone in the know with what's going on and what I'm doing and where I'm going. (laughs) Because you indeed are always moving forward. I am on the move. I am on the move indeed. And when I'm not on the move, I'm kickboxing. I I love kickboxing. That's my thing. So Isn't that awesome? Yeah. are such an inspiration. I just, hey, I've got pink boxing gloves and pink shoes, so even if I don't kickbox really well, I sure look good. <laughs> oh, you do. <laughs> well, you sure look wonderful to me. And thank you, Susan Miller. This is a delight, and I'm so appreciative of this time with you. Um, everyone will want to go to justmoved.org or Susan Miller. Dot org for all this information as well as lots more because as she said there's always something more in the future and just down the road moving forward thank you susan so very thank much thank you robin it was a sheer joy to be on with you um, and i want to make sure i get from you the um information for tuning in and listening to this show i sure will thank you susan and thanks, thanks to all robin. of you You bet. Thank you, all you listeners. Be encouraged. We are. Thanks so much. Join us again on Passing 50. Okay, bye-bye. We're glad you spent this time with us today. Relax. Passing 50 isn't so bad, and every year after can be great, too. You're in good company. Passing 50 is a production of Beck Multimedia. Join us again for another great discussion right here on Passing 50.